This program was produced by Knowledge at Wharton High School. For more information, visit kwhs.wharton.upenn.edu. Tiny is so in these days. Nanotechnology, technology that is small enough to fit inside a computer chip, is a field that is attracting lots of young scientists. Former Wharton MBA students Brian Smith and Irene Susantio, otherwise known as Team Silixia, have put Tiny into action. Their hot dot cancer treatment is the size of a small protein fragment, yet 20 times more powerful in diagnosing and treating cancer than current techniques. Their business plan to market this treatment was also hot, winning them the grand prize in the 2008 Wharton Business Plan competition. Knowledge at Wharton High School talks to the nanotech team to find out what it's like to be inside the fascinating world of tomorrow's technology. What exactly is nanotechnology and how is it changing the way the world works? Nanotechnology is a technology that where novel properties are derived from making a macro material or a large material very small. So it is not necessarily um, nanobots running around in the bloodstream or anything that, that is nearly so complex or sophisticated. Uh, it could very well be at some point, but the basic uh, paradigm of nanotechnology is the smallness of something leads to new properties that we couldn't otherwise achieve. How did you become interested in nanotech? So it was serendipity, really. I was an undergraduate uh, and started working in, uh, in my studies for material science. At the time, nanotechnology was really just becoming more of a mainstream science. And I had a professor who suggested it might be something that I would really enjoy. So I pursued it and just sort of took off from there. In my case, uh, my background was uh, in chemical engineer, and then this is really a new thing for me, nanotechnology. But I think the um, the overall philosophy of um, you know analyzing or uh, problem solving is the same, uh, has the same discipline, engineering or science, but it has a very novel application, which is for oncology. That that is actually what attracts me uh, to um, nanotechnology. So were you interested in this in high school? Um, it is actually quite new for me, really, because uh, in high school, I was really uh, thinking that I'm going to be a chemical engineer, really very much uh, determined already that's going to be my career path. Uh, the basic science, the chemistry, um, is the same. So several things are really the same scientific foundations. But as Brian mentioned, the scale is different and the application is different. So um, I didn't have um, a four plan before that I'm going down uh, the nanotechnology. I think, again, the novelty of the application and then the approach that Brian mentioned is are what actually attracts me. Nanotechnology is a discipline unto itself, really had its genesis in the late 90s. And uh, for better or worse, that, that actually was after I was in high school. <laughs> um, so so I, I don't know that uh, myself or, or any of my peers at the time were really aware of the opportunities that nanotechnology provided. It was something that, that sort of evolved as we evolved as uh, scientists and professionals as well. So it sounds like science was a key interest of yours back then. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, Personally, my experience in high school was, was very heavy on physics, chemistry, mathematics, and that continued right on through my undergraduate and subsequently graduate education. Uh, it's 
it's interesting. It's interesting how I made my my educational choices along that path because I think very often I missed opportunities that were also interesting to me simply because I focused on things that that I had a, a natural uh, interest in or proclivity towards, and and so I didn't necessarily have that broad perspective that I've had more recently. Tell us about your winning anti-cancer treatment and why you call it the hot dot. You can tell, oh, Brian. <laughs> so uh, it's called a hot dot because it is a nanoparticle that is made out of radioactive atoms. So in nanotechnology, there is a material called a quantum dot that is used to emit light. And so we borrowed that nomenclature in naming our hot dot. This is a, a nanoparticle that emits radioactivity. And that radioactivity can be used either to image uh, a cancer or a disease site in the body or to treat it. Uh, And so uh, our technology derives its special properties by the fact that it is so small and therefore it's able to penetrate into parts of the body that other types of drugs might not necessarily be able to reach. And what made you decide to start a business? Um... I think that's uh, um, partially is like personal motivation. And the other thing is also, I think, just, you know, um, everything um, makes sense. I mean, in timing and then the opportunity, the partnerships, everything is making sense. Nanotechnology, again, um, it fascinates me because of its novel application and uh, the potential impact it could have in treating the cancer. Um, and then also we work together very well um and it's very difficult i think to find everything match at the same time so for me i just thought okay now or never and then i decided to join solixia and then work with brian since then i just thought everything just you know perfect uh, combine and then how did the two of you meet um well, <laughs> that's very interesting because Brian and I, we were classmates uh, from our first year in Wharton, but uh, we never really got connected until summer of the first year because I was working in a conference and then I met somebody who knew Brian very well. And then Brian was looking for a partner for his business, uh, for his startup. And then this person put us in touch. We talked for two months. And again, I like the technology and I really like, you know, um, the trust and then collaborativeness from Brian. And then I decided to basically join, on, on, get on board. Yeah. How important is this technology in the world of cancer treatment? You want to talk about that? It, it could be very significant. At this point, it's very early in its development and testing, so we can't say for certain. The potential is substantial. Cancer is an evolving disease, both in terms of the way the disease progresses and in terms of how we understand it. So it's important that science continue to develop a large array of technologies for treating and and detecting cancer. Uh, It's not something where there's going to be sort of a singular solution, one drug that that is the the silver bullet that we'd love to have. So this is one piece of what is ultimately a, a much larger armamentarium, but it's it's potentially significant in terms of its impact. So are there other things out there like this, or is it truly novel? So one of the challenges that we've had in terms of starting our business is the fact that this is, our technology is 
a bit of a paradigm shift over what is, is presently being used. And that makes it very difficult to communicate to people that might be used to more traditional approaches for treating cancer. So uh, there are elements that are certainly shared with other types of, of cancer treatments, but uh, what we have is, is truly very novel and innovative. Now that you've won $20,000 in the Wharton contest, what's the future for your business? Um, what exciting things are happening to develop it? Well, that's a big question, actually, <laughs> because uh, winning the competition, it's, it's just very nice because we have a public exposure. People know a little bit more about the cancer treatment, about the options available, and then the change that Solixia can bring uh, into um, uh, this uh, sector. Uh, however, it's just uh, like a small step um, for bigger things to come. And then right now, um, we are actually um, um, going to uh, do the preclinical studies and then raising funds and then making people also more aware of our technology, as Brian mentioned, because there is a lot of a paradigm change um, based uh, on what we have right now. So that's our job, to communicate that, make people more familiar. and then um, How do you do that? Uh, just connect to uh, many people in our community uh, through water network as well, which is, I think, uh, very powerful. Um, there are many people actually contacted us after winning the business plan competition, just getting to know the technology or see how they can help. So it's a very powerful community. And then also Philadelphian uh, entrepreneurial community. They are very um, responsive. Um, several people who help us with the small uh, details uh, that actually a lot of startups uh, rely on. Just for, for example, like accounting or legal um, or insurance um, um, assistance and so on. That doesn't seem important, but it is actually part of the building blocks of the business. So these people come to, the, to us and then help us building the business. One of the one of the truths about entrepreneurship is that it's always difficult, and it's particularly difficult in today's economic environment. So in terms of next steps, we're really trying to demonstrate that our technology works for as little money as possible. And that's a bit different than the approach that one might take in academia. In, in a more of a traditional academic path, the interest is more on the science and, and how does it how does it work? What's the underlying fundamental chemistry or physics or, or biology? Uh, in a company, the focus <clears throat> is, is really towards moving it towards the clinic because we have an innovation that ultimately could help people. And that's our goal, to bring it to the point where we can help people. So it's not just uh, figuring out how the component may work in, um, for example, in, uh, in lifestyles, in animals, and eventually in human. But we have to think broader than that. So we have to think what are the regulations, how are the reimbursements, who are the users, and so on. And then after we have a complete picture, then can, we can be more assured um, that this uh, will find um, a great uh, use in the future. Give us an image of the day-to-day. -day. Do you spend a lot of time in the laboratory? So initially, no. And... We would very much like to have a, a greater laboratory presence, but 
starting a business involves a, a bit of, of housekeeping, block and tackle work that Irene just spoke about that we've really been tending to. The fundraising process is also very intense. Before we can do experiments, we need money to support those studies. And so we've been investing an awful lot of time in approaching potential investors in writing research grants that go to places like the National Cancer Institute to try and obtain the funding that we need. What advice would you give to young people who might be interested in the field of nanotech? Um, if they are interested, go and try. Uh, see what kind of uh, things that interest them, what kind of applications. Is it um, uh, oncology or is it uh, energy that um, you know speaks to their heart? Just go, try. I think um, here, since I came to the United States, uh, joining Wharton and, and um, yeah, this is like a true privilege that being able to uh, try so many things. So I think it's very important for young people, uh, for high school students, for never fear to try. Because only by trying you know what you like or what you don't like, which one that has potential, which, uh, what are the better ways of uh, you know, going after your dream. So. I, I would add to that in terms of education planning to focus on the fundamentals. Nanotechnology is a discipline unto itself, but it's really the confluence of a number of more traditional disciplines. So there's nothing like a solid background in, in traditional chemistry, in traditional physics, to prepare you for a field that is so multidisciplinary. Nanotechnology really spans a large number of fields, and you need to be able to speak all of those languages in a very concrete way. I agree to that, actually, because a lot of things that uh, we've been doing so far People thought that we are just doing science, being in the lab, and then the reality is we talk a lot. Um, so we have to reach out to people, giving up presentations, and then just um, the act of listening. It's something new that uh, I have personally learned, how to um, you know, derive the message from what the, the people told us. So every day is a new learning for us, but definitely for the high school students or people who want to go down this path, don't limit yourself uh, in uh, nanotechnology or basic science, but go beyond that. Uh, talk to people, uh, learn from people, and then the broader um, your knowledge, the better I think you can um, make a progress in any uh, thing that you want to do in the future. Thank you. Thank you.